welcome back to another episode of Obsessed with Death. Thank you so much for continuing to listen and support the podcast. Today's episode is about pet loss. I speak with Sydney, who is the founder of CODA. CODA is a company that supports pet owners who are navigating the pet end of life. CODA, of course, is an incredible place for resources, guides, and help, who also sell high-quality, curated, modern pet memorials. You know, losing a pet is obviously a terrible experience, and nobody wants to go through it, and you don't realize how hard it is, especially if it sneaks up on you. Which is, again, why CODA is such a great resource to have to help you navigate and get through that, and really just take the time to grieve and focus on yourself and your family. Of course, there are more details at lovecoda.com. That is L-O-V-E-C-O-D-A.com, and we get into everything on the episode. So please enjoy another episode of Obsessed with Death. Well, uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. I'm really excited to have this conversation and, um, you know, learn more about the resources and, you know, what what to expect. Uh, you know, we we briefly we briefly talked about, you know, I that I, I I'm a dog owner and this is stuff mm-hmm. I don't <laughs> I don't like thinking about, but it's definitely important to think about. Before we sort of get into everything, I I would love if you could introduce yourself and sort of explain, uh, you know, um, who you are and and what you do. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm so excited to be here and to talk about a very important, but like you mentioned, difficult subject to think about, which is pet loss. Um, yeah. My name is Sydney. I uh, have a company that makes uh, end of life resources for pet owners, as well as a marketplace for beautiful memorials and memorial options and artwork and services related to pet loss. So I feel very passionately about the importance of discussing pet loss and and sort of confronting it head, head first and giving pet owners everything that they need to make that process just a little bit lighter, even though it is such a challenging time. You know, there's some stuff that we can do um, to provide them better resources, provide them better options um, that can just make it a little bit lighter. And that's, that's really my goal and what I wake up and try to do every day. Yeah. I, I, I love it. I, you know, when, when I found you guys, it was immediately something that gave me a bit of relief that, that, that this sort of exists, you know, cause again, like, mm-hmm. this is something I don't love thinking about, <laughs> you know? Yes. Um, and of course, for whatever reason, we live in a world where, animals just you know at least for specifically for me you know dogs just i i wish i wish that I, my dog outlived me you know i'd rather yeah. i'd rather i'd rather go first um but, but, <laughs> but this is the world that we live in so yeah it, it did it did sort of give me a little bit of comfort and, re- and relief to see that these sort of things exist um before we get into all of that um i am just curious um you know this is something that we sort of ask everybody on the mm-hmm. podcast, but what is your relationship with death like? 
It doesn't have yeah. to be specifically to animals, but um, it, it certainly could be. Uh, I'm just always curious, um, you know, with people that I'm speaking with on, are do you think about it a lot? Is it something you worry about? Are you not worried about it? How, how much, how much uh, of your life is death consuming? Yeah. Um, well, now it consumes a lot. I think about it every day, um, <laughs> yeah. but it hasn't always been that way. And I do love that you ask this question to your the people that come on your podcast, because it is something that everyone goes through, but it's something that no one really likes to talk about. Yeah. Um, so I was definitely in that camp when I was younger and I, my, probably my most impactful experience with death was my stepfather passed away in pretty tragic circumstances when I was in my twenties. And I was pretty young at the time, you know, in my emotional development, I would say. And so yeah. I was very death avoidant. Right. And I think a lot of people can feel that way or, or relate to that. Um, maybe they're still in that sort of mentality, but maybe a lot of listeners here are kind of opening up to being less death avoidant, but as a society, we really are. And it wasn't until a little bit after that, you know, as I got older and started processing my grief through therapy and kind of going through all the losses that I had in my life, this one that was so impactful as well as you know, losing family pets and just experiencing loss and realizing that it grief can be a bit lighter if you confront it head on and you embrace it and you realize that it exists and that it's there and really allow yourself to sort of feel all those feelings. And so um, I went through that journey, you know, after many years going to therapy and processing all of my grief and loss and all the emotions around it. And at the same time, I was working in tech, um, my backgrounds, you know, in engineering and uh, product management and program management. And I was seeing sort of behind the curtain of everything that happens in the tech industry and all of these resources and talent and time and effort that goes into the products and things that are developed for us as consumers, right, in our lives and, you know, hair care products and iPhones and 3D printers and things to make knickknacks and all of this stuff that seems when you really take, you know, take a step back and look at what's important in life can seem pretty frivolous. And so I really, you know, those two things happening at the same time in my life really made me passionate and almost lit a fire in me of like, well, why isn't the same level of investment and resources and talent and attention and care going into stuff? for end of life, which is inevitable. And it's something that's so important to everyone um, when it happens, but we're so death avoidant, we don't want to think about it. And then once it does happen, you realize like, oh, it's kind of lacking. Like I get better options for custom hair care or custom dog food than I do for something as important of end of life and memorialization. So it was sort of a long journey, um, my relationship with death that that landed me here and, and spending my every day dedicated to pet loss and and creating something better um, for pet parents that are going through it. But yeah, it's it, now I think about it every day though. Um, and I've, yeah. I mentioned this to you before and I tell us to a lot of people I, that, you know, ask similar questions about me thinking about death every day is that it really does had the opposite effect that I thought it would have. I was worried that it would maybe impact my mental health to think about it every day, but it's actually had the exact opposite impact. Um, makes me really grateful um, for the people in my life and every day that I get to spend with them and especially my dog, you know, realizing that their lives are short is hard to think about, but it also makes you really take advantage of the time that you do have to spend with them. Yeah. I, I try and tell that to people whenever the subject sort of comes up is that 
you it's it's it seems scary it is scary i understand all of that but there is a way of embracing it that is like motive it's like motivating and mm-hmm. it, it 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 makes you like you said appreciate your friends and your family and your own life and i don't think there's anything wrong with realizing that you do only have so much time you know i think one of the biggest mistakes most people make me included is thinking you have all this time you know it's like it it could all be taken very quickly and i think the best thing you could do is realize that and then use that realization to appreciate what you got and, and try and you know not let little things get to you and 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 you know all of the all of the things but yeah it's it's part of why i started this the podcast was i wanted to have these conversations and you know my friends were getting sick of it and i was like well i'll just find people (laughs) who actually want to talk about this stuff and yeah yeah i mean i've unfortunately have lost uh some friends within the past eight to nine months and you know obviously it's a terrible thing it's a horrible thing and I genuinely feel like I was able to grieve differently than most of my friends based on the fact that I do think about this more and that I do have these conversations and I I hope that people listening get that same thing um so you know it's 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 complicated I I I understand that but I I 100% agree I think it's worth thinking about and I love what you said there where you you were sort of worried about it you know affecting your mental health in a negative way and mm. it going the complete opposite I really do believe that that's how it will affect most people if they just have the right perspective you know right and, and I think a big part of it too is just this especially with our society of always being like on our phones and so stimulated and so distracted all the time. Yeah. It, it can really help with being present. Um, you know, something as simple as I, you know, I'm thinking about pet loss every day in my, in my day job and, you know, something as simple as I, going to the dog park or taking my dog on a walk. And instead of being checking my phone while she's running around with other dogs, really engaging with her or really being yeah. present there and, and spending more time appreciating the fun and the play and that moment instead of sort of being distracted or stressed. And, you know, by no means am I a model (laughs) of being able to do that. I still do distract myself and go on my phone, but just having some, sometimes getting pulled out of it because I am thinking about it more often. And it it does sort of as a forcing function to be more present and to be more appreciative of, of those moments every day. Yeah. The phone is dangerous. I mean, we we could have, I could do a whole nother episode of the podcast on why I think everyone should throw their phones away, but <laughs> it, it it is, it is, you know, um, it, it is a distraction, but it also, you know, connects people like we would have never, you know, met, we wouldn't be having this conversation without our phones and the, and the internet and all the, so obviously there is positives to it, but yeah, it's so funny, just it's totally off topic, but I was talking to a friend about the same thing about our phones and he gets, mm-hmm. you know, he gets consumed by his phone and he's always on it and he's always trying to find new ways to like, to, to not be on it. And the, he had the funniest idea I've, I've been losing. I just, I want to tell, this is, he went on Amazon and he bought one of these like, uh, uh, 
like um automatic cookie jars and like the cookie jar oh. it has like an alarm on it and it like locks so it's made for people to be like I'm not, I'm not going to eat all the cookies like I'm going to put them in there and it won't open until I set the alarm or whatever and he just bought it and put his phone in it <laughs> that is hilarious yeah I mean but it, it goes into the yeah. you know everything in moderation right because there yeah. is there are so many benefits I couldn't agree more with you like we wouldn't have never connected and yeah. there's so many there's so much good on social media at times and on our phones and in being able to connect, but then there's also so much bad. So it's about being able to recognize, I think if you're getting sucked in or if you're losing presence in your current moment or, you know, like if it's really being a detriment and that's a, it's a hard thing to balance. And maybe, you know, for some people, maybe it's the cookie jar. (laughs) I I do love that. Um, because you know, those reminders like, Oh, you've hit your limit for today. You can just circumvent them. Oh yeah, yeah. He tried all that stuff. None of it worked, yeah. so he had to go. He had to go physical and straight up lock it in a box. Um, but yeah, sorry, that was just too funny. Um, so yeah, and and of course, again, people wouldn't be able to find you and and the resources that you're providing without the internet. So I think that's really really uh, important as well. Um, I do want to have this conversation with you. I, I'm really interested in about everything that uh, you're doing. Um, something that I that I thought um worth that was worth bringing up just sort of at first is just the idea of grieving a pet i think i think obviously once you become a pet owner it's a little bit more clear um how valid grieving the loss of an animal is but i still think some people don't really get it and Mm -hmm. i think it's it's sort of worth talking about um you know what what do you what do you sort of what, what's sort of your view on on pet grief versus you know human grief do you feel like there's there's a difference um is it all just grief uh i'm curious to 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 hear what you think about that yeah yeah it's a it's a great topic to discuss because i think it it is different in many ways um again grief is so unique to the individual i can't you know, there's no hard and fast of course of course about you know if it's different or the same but i think with pets what people don't realize necessarily or they're conditioned by society being like it's just an animal it's just a pet you know why why are you so sad or why is it such a big deal um you know those sort of that sort of stance of society at large it can really be ingrained in people and then they don't really process their emotions properly or they don't let themselves feel that grief which can help which should help so much. Um, and with pets specifically, you know, it is an unconditional love, which I think is a, my, one of my dear friends, who's a mental health counselor. She wrote a beautiful blog post for Coda about the validity of pet loss. And she experiences with some of her clients, you know, they try to stuff down these emotions about going through pet loss and that, Oh, I, that's not why I'm sad, or that's not why I'm feeling these big emotions, or that's not why my temper is so quick. But it can be an underlying cause for a lot of these things because it is such a, a close companion for so many people. And it can be a lot less complicated sometimes than a human relationship, right? You might have certain 
interactions with your family members or someone close to you that you lost and with a pet it can be so unconditional right and that's a that's an interesting differentiation to think about between pets and humans and you share so much of your life with them right you share meals you share your bed you share your room you share experiences and you know my 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 dog is with me basically 24/7 and it is such a special close bond and provides such an unconditional love and comfort for so many people that it can be incredibly difficult to process that grief and can sometimes hit harder for certain individuals and for humans in their life because it, it is this unconditional love. So, you know, I do think it's a very serious grief and it's just society's perception of it is starting to catch up, I think, and understanding that these are really parts of our family but not everyone has so they can still be like oh why are you so sad you know it's just a pet but that's totally bs in my mind it is such a serious um loss and should be taken seriously and you know people should remind themselves it's valid and they need to process it like they would any other grief in their life do you feel like there's any sort of specific resource that you would point people to when it's sort of getting to that point not necessarily that they've that they've lost their pet but that it's that it's moving more towards that direction than the other um, yeah i think it's important to to be prepared right um yeah. you know some some pet owners i've talked to they're you know they are shocked right that their pet passed away and maybe their pet was 15 or 16 and i think it's you know, kind of goes back to what we were talking about at the very beginning of eyes wide open, that loss is inevitable. And um, really using the time that the pet has left to appreciate and spend quality time together and do everything that you can to give them a fulfilling, you know, sunset years. Um, there is a huge, you know, thing to consider of anticipatory grief. It happens also, you know, with loved ones as well, but it happens a lot with pets because we know that we're going to lose them just because our lifespans are shorter. And so trying to process that anticipatory grief as well and, and, and process those emotions. And there's so many resources too out there. We have, you know, we've created a, a, a laundry list of all the different resources that are out there that are free and online support groups. You know, there's Reddit subreddits where you can talk about pet loss and, you know, relate to other pet owners. There's so much good Instagram content talking about social media, you know, where people yeah. will, post beautiful tributes or, you know, ways that you can memorialize or things that you can do in your final days and ways that you can feel like you are making the right decision if you're considering euthanasia. And so there is a lot of free online resources. And then of course, like I, like I mentioned, it is the same as, as real grief and should be taken seriously. So if someone's really experiencing big emotions or is feeling depressed, like reaching out for help in the same way that you would for human loss so that you can get the help and the resources from real clinical professionals if you need it as well. Yeah, that's great. I, I love that you mentioned Reddit. Uh, Reddit is a place, <laughs> Reddit is a, is a place that I go to frequently um, yeah. for, for a, a plethora of, of different things. And uh, it really can help. I mean, the, there is legitimate community within, mm -hmm. you know, Reddit can be, a shit show for sure. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dis discrediting that part of it, but there is such there, you know, if you know where to look, there's, mm -hmm. there's an incredible community through that. So I, I love that you mentioned that. I think that's um, a really, a really great place that, for people to go. 
Um, And I I think a big part of that is just feeling less alone, you know? Yeah. Um, If you, if someone's not in your close circle or someone that you feel comfortable with isn't experiencing loss at the same time as you, it can feel very isolating. You know, grief can feel very isolating. And so having these online support communities um, or finding even in-person, you know, pet loss communities can help quite a bit just to know that you're not alone in it. Absolutely. Um, I also love um, that Coda is, you know, offering specific um, urns and jewelry and and specifically art. Like the fact that, um, you know, that's not something I never I ever really thought about. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. obviously urns and, and memorial jewelry is a thing I've seen. But I love the idea of like memorialize memorializing your animal through um, through art. Uh, could you tell me a, a little bit more about you know what you guys are doing there and and how that sort of works? Yeah, I, I think you, you touched on a, an important piece. I think about memorialization that is my philosophy is that memorialization doesn't have to just be for ashes, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it, it, yeah, I agree. There's so much to, and again, grief is an individual journey, so I can't make any blanket statements about whether memorialization is important for everyone or not. But for me, you know, when I think about loss, I think memorialization helps with this last chapter, this last piece after loss. Like, you know, a lot of people I talk to, they're kind of like, well, I left the pet, you know, my my vet's office and... I didn't really know what to do next, you know, mm. and memorialization can really help in processing grief for some people, but people always think it's just maybe an urn. Right. And they're like, ah, I don't want an urn. <laughs> you know, I don't feel comfortable with an urn, which yeah. is totally fair. Or they don't choose of to course. collect pets cremated remains, which is also very common. And, but you can still memorialize and you can still do something beautiful to celebrate the life of your pet, even if it isn't just an urn or cremation jewelry. You know, I, I see these stories of these fun celebrations of life for their pets, right? They bring all of their toys to their dog park or with their friends that their dog friends and they give out the, you know, donate the extra treats or food in, in honor of their pet. And so there's ways to work through and process that loss with memorialization and celebrations of life that don't have to just be urns. And so really changing the perception that memorialization is only urns because it's that's not the case and there's so many cool beautiful options out there like getting stones made of cremated remains from parting stone solidified remains is really incredible or turning your cremated remains into solidified jewelry or like we have on our on on our website or getting them sent to make a diamond out of there's just so many beautiful unique options that people don't necessarily consider um as memorials in the traditional sense that are now available and just kind of increasing education around what the options are. So everyone can find something that feels authentic and unique to them and the memory of their pet. Yeah. And I think um, specifically with urns, I think a lot of people have this image in their head of like what an urn looks like. Mm. And I think it's important to show people like how much, urns have evolved like the the type of urns that are available now um i mean they're beautiful and and there's so much more i think happening 
Um, you know, I've seen some urns that are, you know, vases that you, you could put, you know, flowers in and, you know, just there, there's so many different options now that I, I don't know if scary is the right word, but I think like you, you sort of mentioned, there is a little bit of uncomfortableness with an urn and ashes and all of that stuff that I don't think really needs to exist anymore. Sort of just based off of, you know, especially some of the stuff that that you guys offer. Um, yeah. And, and the vase urns are one of the most beautiful, I, I don't know if innovations the right word, but like updates to the traditional urn yeah. that I've seen. And we have a, a couple of different options for those. These beautiful ones from Welcome Memorials that are handmade in Portland and Oak Tree also who you had on the podcast. I loved listening to their episode. Um, you know, they have a beautiful vase or an option that's custom engraved. And so seeing these ways to pull, you know, pull your cremated remains out of the closet, out of the drawer and really yeah. celebrate the life that they showcase. And in a way that's not, you know, I always bring up the meet the Fokker scene. If you're familiar with that, where the cat knocks over the urn, the ashes go everywhere. You know, I think people have this idea that, oh, urns are, you know, it's not necessarily right for them. Um, and they want something a little more subtle. And I love that there are options for people that aren't necessarily just this traditional idea of an urn. Some people still love urns and there's beautiful options for those as well, but just increasing the option space, make sure that there is a way for everyone to memorialize and to process grief in that way if they so choose. Yeah. And again, it's like, it, it is this thing that I don't think a lot of people realize has yeah evolved into these beautiful pieces and uh, as it should you know again like death shouldn't be this like scary um you know bland sort of you know th th there's I, I love i i love options no matter what yeah. it is and i think it's great that that it seems like it's evolving into this new era at least with with urns where it it could be so much more than you know like a box <laughs> like and, and, the, and there are there are still boxes if that's what you're looking for that exists still but now they're just like beautifully made with like incredible wood and like all these beautiful colors and um you know i'm not judging you if you just want a box <laughs> right but you know i think uh, there's nothing wrong with getting a little bit more creative with what you do with ashes. I think, I think that's great. Yeah. And, and, you know, there are beautiful options that don't necessarily break the bank. Right. Um, and yeah, I think that's also that's, important. That's so awesome to see too, because, you know, especially with human end of life, it can be such an expense, you know, that's a whole nother topic. I'm, you know, you yeah. can probably do a whole episode on that, but um, you know, if you choose to just get your pet cremated, which most people do and you, get the ashes back you can find something that is the same price as maybe you know a month's worth of your farmer's dog delivery if you're a millennial like me that orders fresh food for the dog so there's you know it isn't in a, in a it doesn't break the bank and it's a beautiful way to send them off and i think that that's really important too to have it accessible to to everyone um to have options that are unique and on all spectrums of the scale financially yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think that that's sort of becoming more available 
because of companies like Coda, because yeah. <laughs> you, you you genuinely care about this stuff. You know, I feel like, I don't know what the time for, you know, year, years ago, um, I think you, you sort of just got what you got, right? Like there weren't a ton of options. Um, and like you you mentioned, it was, it's expensive and it's just, I, I, I know we got a long way to go still with people being comfortable with death and, and sort of the, 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 the business end of it, but it, it is exciting to see, um, you know, people like yourself start these companies because we need more of it. <laughs> not that, yeah. not, not, you know, not that I need everybody to, you know, start a, a death related business, but I do think that again, I keep using this the word options, but it, it is nice. Um, right. yeah, it's just, it, 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 it helps. I, again, like it helps to be able to go to a place like your website and, it's just like welcoming. It doesn't seem scary. Mm-hmm. Um, when I remember as a child going to my great grandmother's funeral and like walking through the funeral home for like a viewing and it was just like, everything was terrifying, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just scary. It's, it's nice to, to, to see more of this, um, pop up. So it's, it's, it's exciting. Um, something that we also talked about that I wanted to discuss um, again, I, I, my dog Arnold, who's in the other room right now, just passed out. Um, he is the, f- he is the first animal I have ever owned. I have never gone through pet loss before. This is going to be the first time. Um, and I, I'm curious on, you know, process and knowing you know when it's the right time and and sort of how to handle all that i i would be i would be curious just to sort of get your opinion on sort of how to handle that process when it is the right time how to know it's the right time and then sort of where to go from there yeah for sure um i think you know one of the most important things for pet owners to keep in mind is that pet law the pet loss journey and the process is much different than human end of life. And so if you haven't experienced it before, it is important to try to understand a bit more about it so that you're not surprised when you go through the process and you feel overwhelmed in addition to the grief that you're experiencing when you do lose a pet. Um, in terms of, you know, leading up to pet loss uh, and, and the process of, of saying goodbye to your pet, there's quality of life is a big is a big consideration for a lot of pet owners especially as pets start to age and and euthanasia is is still um a very fairly common end of life option for pet owners and so your vet is really going to be your main resource for a lot of pet owners as they approach end of life and they can help you assess the quality of life and when when it is the right time to make the decision. And there are a lot of really good resources, again, online that are free that you can basically track your pet's quality of life and see when it is the right time where it's an empathetic and good decision to be making for for your pet. And, you know, the vet will will have the final say, but another really wonderful option that is becoming more and more popular and available, um, maybe it wasn't 10 years ago, is in-home euthanasia, which is 
really a beautiful way to be able to say goodbye to your pet in a very comfortable environment. Some pets don't really like going to the vet office or the vet clinic. And so you can go there to, you know, for a euthanasia appointment um, with your vet, or you can opt for, it's a little bit more expensive typically, but having an in-home euthanasia practitioner come and you say your goodbyes there, which is they're comfortable, they're surrounded by family and love. And we have, you know, also a blog post that talks through all the options for in-home euthanasia and and pre-planning there. And then the other thing in preparing for end of life is to pre-plan a bit so that you're not making decisions about end of life care when your pet passes or at this euthanasia appointment or at the, at the vet clinic, um, so that you're just, you can be fully present there for your pet and let yourself, you know, go through grief without having to worry about the logistics. So making decisions like which sort of cremation option do you want to make? You know, do you, there's different privacy levels. You can have a fully private cremation for your pet, or if you don't left, they can, opt for a group cremation where they do a beautiful spreading. Most crematories do somewhere nearby. There's also aquamation, which is becoming more available and popular for both humans and for pets. And so you can work with your vet to see if there's an aquamation facility, which is, you know, a water-based dissolving of the, of the body instead of a flame-based cremation. And so there's there's a few different options, right, that you should pre-plan for. And then, of course, memorialization. If you have an idea of what you want to do, you can pre-plan, right? You can buy your urn ahead of time or, or you can know which one you want to do or you can plan for a celebration of life. So those are some of the key things to consider is, you know, the quality of life, working with your vet to know when it's the right time, uh, making some pre-planning decisions, to just lighten that logistical load um, and considering whether you want to do in-home euthanasia versus going to your vet clinic. So, so yeah, there's, there's quite a bit to consider, but it's not, you know, it shouldn't be scary and, and giving just, you know, an hour of forethought to it can, can go a long way. I think in terms of lightening the load later on. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely something that I need to consider a bit more. I I don't think we're, we're anywhere near that point, but it is of course, you know, we've, we've had, multiple conversations on this podcast about how important it is to have a will and to, to make sure you get everything in order, you know, before your own passing. And I think that this, this sort of falls under that same umbrella where it's like, you should be prepared. It, it sucks. You don't want to think about it, but it's going to, in the end, you're going to be glad you did it because it's going to make everything uh, a lot easier. Mm-hmm. You know, when the time comes, which it's coming, it's happening. I hate to break it to you, but it's gonna it's gonna happen. Uh, I do love the idea of doing something at home. I really love that. I didn't realize that that was even an option. Um, mm-hmm. And again, why it's so great that that there's people like you and and places like Coda to go to 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 learn about this stuff and discover different options. Um, you know, I think doing something at home would very much fit w- ideally what I would want the situation to look like. So. That's definitely something I'm going to look into. I really, I really love that. Um, just quickly here too, this has sort of come up a few times through the conversation and we've, we've, we've sort of just mentioned how pet loss, you know, is different than human loss in a lot of different ways. Um, one of them being, I guess, just sort of like the process of when your pet passes and how your pet passes and all of that stuff. Um, I'm curious just to sort of get your opinion on 
you know, that whole world in general. Do you feel like this, you know, this is something that needs to evolve, that needs to change? Um, is there anything that you feel needs to be done differently um, when it comes to, you know, um, not necessarily, you know, uh, the grieving process, but more, but more in the sense of just um, when it is time and the process that they go through? Are there changes that you that you think should be made? Yeah, it's a it's a such an interesting topic of of this these differences between human end of life and pet end of life. Yeah. And I think yeah. the easiest way to distill it down is that there is no funeral director for pets, right? Mm. If you think about the process of when you lose a loved one, you usually have someone in a funeral director type capacity helping you with everything, helping you make some of the decisions. Um, but with a, with a pet majority of folks, this isn't a, the, the, across the board, not everyone, but majority will arrange through their vet. And so from a pet owner perspective, your vet is almost acting like your funeral director, right? They're helping you make the euthanasia appointment. They're helping you during that time. They coordinate the cremation with your, their cremation partner, um, and then coordinate getting the ashes back to you. And so because of that dynamic where, you know, vets are, we have a national vet shortage. I'm not sure if you're aware of that, but there's, you know, our vets are overworked and there's not enough and they are focused on providing medical care, which is their job. Um, They are not funeral directors, right? They're not going to come up to you like, you know, or call you a couple of days later. I mean, some of them do. Again, none of these rules are are true across. Board. There's always exceptions, but the majority are not going to say, hey, look through this option booklet or, you know, make, you know, which, which urn do you want of these hundreds of urns? Or do you want yeah. cremation? Or do you want to memorialize with artwork? You know, all of these options that we're trying to put together on our website as a, you know, one location where you can see sort of the breadth of options that are available that you don't get that when you go to your vet or even necessarily an in-home euthanasia professional, because that's not their focus and that's not their job. And there is no funeral director to sort of pick up that slack. And so I think that's a really interesting difference between the two and why I feel so passionately about what we're doing at CODA, because we're trying to supplement sort of that lack of optionality that you get when you're planning in person with something that you can find online um, that does showcase all of these options. And, and, you know, if you mentioned you didn't know that you could do in-home euthanasia. So really hope helpfully illuminates some of this pre-planning mystery for pet owners by talking about it very openly, very frankly, giving them all the information that they need so that they're prepared. Um, and they do understand the differences and the things that they should be paying attention to and the decisions that they should be making. You know, I talked to someone I knew who lost a pet very um, unexpectedly and um, the they had gone to their vet and they were so, you know, just encompassed in grief. Like they just couldn't think about really any of the logistics and they made decision, the decision not to collect the cremated remains of their pet. And, you know, a couple of weeks went by and after they had time to process and to sit with their loss, they made, they wish they had made a different decision. And that's really difficult you know, to hear, you know, I I hate hearing that, that because of this process and the way that it's set up, 
just across the board, which there's, you know, you can't point to one party and say it's, you know, it's these people's fault. They're doing something wrong. It's just sort of the status quo. It's the way it is. But to hear that pet owners kind of get the short end of the stick because maybe they're not given enough time to make decisions or they don't know about all the options or they put the ashes in the black box that they get in the closet because they don't know what else to do or they don't Mm. move through grief properly for them because they don't have memorials or they don't know that they can do a celebration of life or you know they don't get that inspiration that they need then that's what what i hate seeing is is knowing that there's so much more out there and not everyone knows about it. And so they're kind of stuck with this minimal status quo because there is no sort of funeral director type role for pets specifically. Yeah. Um, and and that's why CODA is pet only and pet first, right? Like we're not trying to be an end of life, all memorial options. We're saying, Hey, there is a lot of providers and options and, especially online marketplaces and things like that for human end of life. Um, But we're only looking at serving the pet owner because it is a different problem space. It's a different set of obstacles and set of things to fix in my mind than there is with human end of life. And that's why we're so laser focused on just the pet owners and pet loss and pet grief. Yeah. I mean, as you're talking about this, it is sort of going off on my mind that it's, it, kind of blows my mind that that these things don't necessarily exist in the same way that they do for humans especially with just how you know so many people are are considering their pets their children at this point i mean i feel like you know you you would assume that there would be better resources out there um and yeah, you know, like you mentioned with your friend, there especially if you lose a pet unexpectedly, to just be to just assume that you're going to be able to handle everything perfectly while, you know, being in shock and also griefing and and having to go through all this, that's crazy. You it shouldn't be all put on you. There right. needs to be better resources out there for people. Um and yeah, that's that's very interesting. Um mm-hmm. This has been such a great chat. I'm so glad we were able to get you on the podcast. Um, if, if you could, please tell people where to go if the, if they want more information or or um, you know social media, uh, all all that stuff. Please let let the people know where they can go to get more more info. Yes, yes. Our so the company's name is Coda. We have resources and memorial options uh, for pet pet owners navigating loss, whether it's anticipatory or after you've lost your pet. Um, our website is lovecoda.com. So L-O-V-E-C-O-D-A.com. And we have a link to our resource center with, you know, beautiful, I mentioned my my dear friend who's a mental health professional wrote this beautiful piece about pet loss being valid. And we have posts about how to find grief resources and free online communities and, you know, what to pre-plan for, what things you need to consider. So all these topics that we sort of discussed on the show tonight or today um, are on our, on our blog and lots more details. So go there, take a look. And if you're navigating loss, know that you're not alone. And our social media is also love Coda on our Instagram 
Um, but definitely the the blog with all of our resources is the place to go if if anyone he, that's listening is navigating pet loss. Awesome. Yeah. And of course, um, you know, you could I'll be sharing out a, a ton of stuff from your social media as well. So if you're following us, you'll you'll see it pop up. So keep an eye out for that as well. Um, but uh, yeah, Sydney, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, it, it was so nice chatting with you. I'm, I'm so glad we were able to meet. And um, yeah, just uh, I appreciate all that you're doing. And um, yeah, this has been really fun. Oh, thank you. Yeah, this was a delight talking to you. And and I'm so happy that you wanted to dedicate a full episode to talking about pet loss because it is important and it is it is really hard. So um, thanks again. And this was this is such a good, good conversation. Thanks. Thanks.